Acts 5, when you have that, then I want to make a declaration over this word of God today, our Bible confession that we do. Hallelujah. Everybody found Acts 5, New Testament? Yes, sir. Put your finger in there and close it up, and let's declare something over this word today. Ready? Go. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, infallible, immutable word of God. I long for it more than my necessary food. I love it, and I'm never offended. I live by it and I prosper in whatever I do. The word that I'm about to receive will sanctify me, build me up, and give me an inheritance among the saints. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Acts chapter 5, we're going to read verses 11 through 16. Acts 5, 11 through 16. Everybody there? Okay, it reads this way. In fact, we can read with me. Ready, go. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Continuing power in the church. Verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them. But the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both women, men and women so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want to use for a subject today what's in my Bible, may not be in your Bible, this section title, continuing power in the church. Continuing power in the church. You may be seated. Thank you, Father, today for this word. We receive it with thanksgiving and meekness, known as able to save our souls. We receive this word not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, your word, which works effectively in those of us who believe. Today we declare, we believe your word. We believe your word. It is true unto us. So let it manifest in our lives, we pray. Confirm your word with signs following is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Continuing power in the church. Our last few messages, we've been ministering on uh, this issue of uh, ministering to the Lord. Yes. Remember that? We had, yes, and then we went from there to uh, wait on the Lord, or waiting on the Lord. And I taught, uh, I think, and it wasn't adequate. I think we could spend a year more on that, just that subject of ministering to the Lord. Yes, Am I right about it? Yes. And we think we only dealt with one message necessarily on um, waiting on the Lord. And so I think we can spend another year just in waiting on the Lord. Yes. Because most people have a misunderstanding of what waiting on the Lord means. They think waiting on the Lord is simply, uh, I'm, you know, I'm just going to sit here and wait till something happens. That's not wait, what waiting, biblically, what waiting on the Lord means. It's really another term for ministering or serving the Lord and uh, attending to his needs. And then the way we do that is we listen for him is, uh, is what we've been doing this week in prayer and fasting. Can you say amen? amen? So we end our fast today. Hallelujah. In fact, as soon as I say amen at the end of service today... I know some of y'all have plans. 
Won't be much fellowshipping and talking and all that carrying on here like you normally do. I don't know why, because y'all been eating. Let's not play like we haven't been eating. You're right, you've been eating. No, no, nobody did an absolute fast that I think of. You did absolute. So I'll give Ron an excuse. She can leave as soon as I say amen. She's been an absolute. Good for her. Good for her. So you've been eating, praise God. So you're not that hungry, it's just all in your brain. But in that fast, we spent five nights, Monday through Friday, in uh, a powerful time of uh, ministering to the Lord and waiting on him. That's what we were doing. We did, in those five nights, what we had learned. We ministered to him, and we waited on him. Glory to God. And I just, again, just as a pastor, uh, I just want to say just how thoroughly uh, happy I am and uh, proud of you all I am that you all came out five nights for a prayer meeting. As I said before, I've been in church 49 years because I'm 49 years old and I've never been in a place where you can have people come together in such a large number for a prayer meeting. Maybe a musical, maybe a fish fry, but a prayer meeting, that's rare to get people to come together for a prayer meeting and not just one night, but five nights and, uh, and the crowd seemed to grow every, every night. Amen. And uh, that's, that's, that's important to us. Now, one result of, uh, that we get from prayer and fasting that we, we see is an increase in the presence of God. Right. Glory to God. An increase in the anointing and an increase in what, what I want to minister on and what we want to see in the next. So Jesus comes is a demonstration of power. Can you say demonstration of power? Because it, the truth is, uh, we, had a, we had a glorious time in those five nights. And thank God that uh, we ministered to him, he ministered to us. We had so many prophetic words and just little words of knowledge or words of wisdom come forth that, uh, that were a blessing. But we have not seen the fruit of our labor yet. We're just, we're just scratching the surface. We're just, we're just opening the door. See, because when we get into, uh, uh, as we were every night, praying in the spirit, Everybody say praying in the spirit. What's that? Praying in tongues is what I'm talking about. Now, some of you, you're not familiar with praying in tongues. Just hold on. You get, get filled with the Holy Ghost for real, for real, for sure, for right, and it, you'll, you'll pray in tongues. Trust me. <laughs> and, and tongues is the door into the supernatural. And one of the reasons so many people in the body of Christ never experience the supernatural is because they never get over into tongues. Tongues is the gateway into the supernatural. Okay, so for us to spend five nights praying, uh, not, not only just in English, but also praying in tongues, it's the gateway for this church into uh, a maintaining a supernatural experience. I don't want us just having every once in a while, well, we had some, something from God, but no. I mean maintaining a supernatural presence, maintaining a supernatural atmosphere. In a supernatural atmosphere, people can, can get healed sitting right there in their seat. I don't believe in God to see the day where people jump up and say, I see, I can see, I can see, or I can hear. Or the lame get up and say, I can walk. Praise God. Well, somebody will walk in here with a dead child or, or, dead, or a dead spouse and say, hey, my, my spouse died. And we just say, bam, lay hands on them and that dead one is raised up. Am, do I, am I by myself today? See, we've been laboring for that. Prayer is labor. Tell you about prayer is labor. It's laboring in the spirit. Paul said in Colossians 4 verse 12, 
he was, Paul was giving a greeting on behalf of a man named Epaphras. And he says about Epaphras, he said, Epaphras greets you. Notice what he says in Colossians 4.12. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. So notice that your prayer is labor. So you were not wasting your time. All right, when you go, go to work tomorrow, you're going to clock in or do whatever you're going to do, right? You sign in, check in, whatever you're going to do. And you, you, you're going to labor. And you expect at the end of the week or the end of two weeks, you're going to get a reward. Anybody here? Okay, you're going to get some. You're not working for nothing. Right? And ain't too many people volunteering every day, five days a week. So you expect some kind of reward. Jesus said, when you pray in secret, Matthew 6. Come on, help me out on this side. Ain't nothing on this side over here. I'm going to stay over here. When you pray in secret, I'm going to come over here. This is where the hot side is. Right here on this front row. When you pray in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. When you fast in secret, I'm going to reward you when you give in secret. It's all in Matthew 6. Don't, don't get mad. I said give. It's all in Matthew 6. When you give in secret, I'm going to reward you openly. So when you labor in prayer, when you labor in fasting, there's reward coming. We labor in travail. We travail in prayer. That's, that, that, that's why God always, you, you see many times in the big, the, big, the big times when God needed to move, he called for the women to pray. Because the women understand travailing. The women understand labor. Do I have any women here understand labor? They understand the cost. They understand the pain. They understand the endurance. They understand what you got to go through in labor to bring something forth. It, it, it costs something to bring something forth. You might have all the beautiful pictures and all the nursery all set up, but they, they don't just, there's no stork just dropping off babies. If you really want to bring forth your baby, you got to labor and travail. So there are things that God needs us on, in the body of Christ to bring forth, but it's going to take some labor. It's going to take some travail. Nothing comes without labor. Nothing comes without travail. In all labor, there is profit. That's what your Bible says in Proverbs. In all labor, oh man, I better slow down. Take the brakes off, right? In all labor, y'all just going to catch up with me in the Holy Ghost. In all labor, there is profit. So all the labor that we spent Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, there is profit that we are to receive from it. It's going to be profitable to us and profitable to the kingdom of God. See, one, the reason why I said the women, why, why God calls women, because women understand that. Men, men often don't understand. because Men, men are more, more reserved. That's why you don't get many loud men praying. Men But the women will be, oh, 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 they're wailing. And when you say, well, this, that's too noisy. No, they're travailing. I, and all the times I've seen or heard about a woman going through labor, she wasn't quiet. Doctor say push. <laughs> Can I get a witness out here today? It wasn't no, it was ah! 
If you said something to him, shut up. You just shut up. And in the spirit, you got to get that same one with the devil because the devil's going to bring thoughts to you while you're praying. Shut up, devil. Shut up. I'm travailing. Shut up, flesh. Shut up, flesh. I'm travailing. I'm laboring. I'm trying to bring forth what God has planned for my life. Somebody, if you're in marriage trouble, you ought to go into travail. You believe in God for something that it seemed like it's been years you've been trying to get through? Maybe it had because you hadn't travailed yet. You're still waiting on the stork to bring it. Tell your neighbor, there's no stork bringing your miracle. If it's been that long, you might have to travail a little while. Get on your knees. Whoa, my God, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, I'm crying out to you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers, there aren't many people willing to go through the labor to bring in a harvest. Tell you, it's going to take some labor to bring in your harvest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said in Colossians 4 verse 12, he said, Epaphras, he's one of you, a bondservant of Christ. He greets you. Effectual or the fervent prayers of the righteous, or of a righteous man avails much. What kind of prayer? Fervent. Effective. King James says, and this is why I like it, I grew up King James, effectual. In other words, prayer that has an effect. It's effective. Your prayer is supposed to have an effect. That's why you can't rush through it. Just give some quaint, some rote, memorized prayer. That's why I told, so Sister Barbara, I said this week, I want all spirit-led prayer. We had an agenda, but I want spirit-led. See, we want it to be effective. And the church, the modern church, has mastered this ineffective prayer. That ain't moving nothing. Here goes a script, and you got two minutes and 37 seconds to get it done, because we got to move on to other parts of the service. Ain't no more important part of the service than prayer. I just want to make sure I announce to the whole church, we have a, a new prayer service we're going to start every Sunday morning at 10. And every Wednesday at 6.30, we're going to have a prayer service every, every Wednesday at 6.30. We gonna, I want to announce, because everybody forgot that after Friday, they forgot we have prayer on Sundays at 10 and prayer on Wednesdays at 6.30. Everybody was so excited about the prayer event, but we have prayer every Sunday morning at 10, prayer every Wednesday at, set, at 6.30, that'll get you the same powerful results. See, effectual, fervent prayer, the Bible says, avails much. Give me that same verse in the Amplified Classic Bible, please. It avails much, effectual, fervent. This, it, it really is a fiery hot prayer. It's what it is. When, when you look it up in the Greek and really understand the connotation of it, uh, it's, a, it's a fiery hot prayer. Glory to God. A lot of folk... <laughs> Pastor Josh, you don't understand it. Hot prayer. 
I, I love it when, I, when I've been to Africa and I've, when I've been in other countries and they, these people, they, all they know is hot prayer. They don't know this cute little American prayer, dear Lord, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray thee, Lord, my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray thee, Lord, my soul to take. Dear Lord, we ask you to be with us this morning. We're so thankful looking at the birds, at the air, looking at all the trees. We're just, it's just wonderful. No, you go to Africa, they But in our Americanized way, we say it don't take all that. Use a lie. It says the effectual, fervent. Notice what it says here. Go down here. It says the earnest, heartfelt. Earnest, heartfelt. You got to feel it. You, you ever been singing a song and all of a sudden you start to feel it? Come on, tell the truth. Every one of y'all. I don't care. I'm not, I'm about everybody here. You've been singing a song all of a sudden that thing starts. You start feeling that thing. I mean, you start, uh, down, 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 down. you start feeling that thing, right? Well, that's what it says, effectual, earnest, heartfelt, watch this, continue, continue. When I prayed one time, well, that's wonderful. Pastor, we pray for a whole week, ain't enough? No, continue. Heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, watch this, makes tremendous power available. And maybe what you're dealing with, it's going to take a little more than regular power. Other day I was over, over in uh, building three, uh, Brother Oscar's, changing out some things on there. He's working on, we had, we're had we changing the hot water heaters out from those big tank water heaters uh, to the tankless water heaters, more, more energy efficient and all that kind of good stuff, S saving space and all that good stuff. And he changed the hot water heater, so there's a hot water heater on, and uh, we had to test it to turn on the hot water somewhere. When you, the, the way these work, which they're really nice, when you turn, the, turn your hot water on, that's what turns on your hot water heater. As opposed to these tank ones we have, and they run all day long. So it only comes on when you turn the faucet on. So when there's a demand placed on it. So, so we placed the demand on it, and it kicked on. And we said, okay, verify that it worked. Then we noticed, click, it clicked off. Well, what happened? Well, we found out that the old water heater only had one element on it, so it required less voltage to power it up. But the new water heater has more power and require more voltage to maintain it. The level you're going to in your life is going to take more power than you've been operating on. The stage that God's taking you in your, ne in your next year, oh, the next year of your life, I don't care what happens in America, the next year of your life, the place God has taken you is going to require more power than you've been used to. And you got to plug in. So we got we had to change out the circuit breaker. We got to change out that control valve that get, makes more power available. Tell somebody for where you're going, you need, more power. you need more power. Find somebody else who really cares. Tell, tell them where God's taking you, you're going to need more power. Where your life is about to go, you're going to need more power. As God takes you higher, you're going to need more power. 
You only need a little power where you were. Woo! But to get where you're going, you're going to need more power. And your effective, earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer makes more power available. The prayer life you had last year was nice, but it's inadequate for your next level. Your fasting schedule you had last year was so-so, but it's inadequate for your next level. Your praise you had last year was all right, but for your next level, it's inadequate. See, so your prayer, your fasting makes more power, tremendous power available. Now watch this, dynamic in its working. Dynamic in its working. Glory to God. We need some dynamite to blow through some of these things we're going through. We need some TNT to go through some of these things we're going through. There have been some granite mountains in front of you, but you're going to blow right through them through your prayer life. Hallelujah. Prayer produces power. Just write that down if you're writing. Prayer produces power. We used to have a saying, Brother Jermaine, I remember your, your uncle, Elder Blair, many, many years ago. I used to hear him say this all the time whenever I see him. We had a saying, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. So you can do a, a, an evaluation of yourself. And you can see, well, if, I don't, if I'm not running on much power, it's because I don't have much prayer. You don't need a, a therapist to tell you that. You don't need a root lady and a tarot card. No candle and no rock and no beads. You don't need to burn no sage to tell you that. Your problem is you don't have any prayer. You don't even, you don't even need to make an appointment with me. Youngie Cho, Youngie Cho, how many of you ever heard of Youngie Cho? Youngie Cho pastors one of the world's largest churches, maybe still the largest church in the, in the world over in South Korea. And uh, they have something called Prayer Mountain up there, where prayer is made 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Their church is a million plus people in this church. I know that doesn't impress y'all, but because y'all all mega already, but I mean, a million, a million people would impress me million people in this church and the power behind that church is prayer mountain there's prayer 24 I didn't come to preach on prayer I got they got something else this but I'm just but prayer has gone on 24 hours a day seven days a week and this is his policy catch this he said I don't do any counsel for anybody until they go to prayer mountain and pray for an hour in tongues so you schedule an appointment with me here's the appointment your, your appointment is three o'clock Two o'clock, you got to be on Paramount and praying. 
for an hour in tongues. You got to pray for an hour in tongues. He said, and normally what happens is by the time 3 o'clock hits, they cancel the appointment. Why? They don't need it. Pastor, pastor, write that down. You're going to need that. Write that, write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Let them go pray in tongues for an hour. Then we'll talk if you still need to, and generally they never need to. Because when you pray mysteries, you reap wisdom. You reap knowledge. You reap revelation. You reap understanding. See? And when you pray, dynamic power is made available to you. Tremendous power is available to you. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. When you include fasting to that, with that, it's like you add an accelerant. You know what an activator is, an accelerant. Accelerant is something you use to uh, speed a fire up, make it spread further. You know, you can light a fire, but you put an accelerant on it. How many of y'all like to grill or barbecue, whatever you call it? When you, when you, when you squirt that lighter fluid, you're squirting an accelerant. Because if you worked hard enough, you could light the briquettes with just a match. Right? People, you know, a thousand years ago, they didn't have lighter fluid. They were still lighting fires. So you can light it without it, but the lighter fluid is an accelerant that makes it light faster and it spreads farther. So when you add fasting, oh, Jesus, to your prayer. If you've been reading through the book of Acts this, this week, how many times have you seen prayer and fasting? Or they were praying with fasting. See, because when you fast, you deny your flesh. That's why I don't, thank God, we gave you all kind of choices. You can fast how you want to fast, and you have all these kind of choices. But what happens is, the, the, more, the, more, uh, the more you make provision for the flesh, you make less provision for the spirit. So the more you suppress the flesh, you release the spirit. Well, I'll fast just from 7 a.m. to 11. Well, wonderful. Praise God. Hopefully, hopefully this 7-11 you weren't at work. Hopefully from 7 to 11 you were at home and you were praying and you were praising God because if not, all you did was just diet it for four hours. You understand? Now, you start where you are. God, will, he'll meet you right where you are. Some of y'all, first time fasting, second time fasting, I never really done this. Praise God. God, will just start where you are. But each time you do it, just build up. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge myself a little more because when I add fasting, it's an accelerant. Now, that's what happened. Go. It's in this verse right here. We're still there. James 5, 16. Um, at the end, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Or if you go back to New King James and King James, the effectual prayer of a righteous man. A. A is singular. Singular. It goes on. You keep reading verse 17 and 18, and it talks about a man named, named Elisha, or Elijah, rather. Elijah prayed that there wouldn't be rain, and there was no rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed again, and there was rain. His, his effectual fervent prayer changed the climate 
of a whole country for three and a half years. That's one. So what do you think happened when 60, 75, 80 of us got together this week and said we're going to pray with fasting? We changed the climate of a whole region. We changed the climate of a whole nation. We changed the climate of a whole, of a whole, of a whole world. Well, I don't see it. I told you we haven't seen the labor yet. We haven't seen the fruit of it yet. It, 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 it might not be till next week, next month, next year, before we see the full manifestation. The Bible says, first the blade. Right? Mark 4, 29. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So manifestation comes in stages. Now, I'm already refreshed. Just the three of us. I'm already refreshed. I'm already stronger and wiser and better. So much better. And not because I went through something. But because I did something. <laughs> oh, I'm going to kick that cow right now since I'm there. God don't need you to go through trouble to teach you a lesson. Mm. Kick over your little sacred cow. God, doesn't, he doesn't have to put you on your back to get your attention. Get that stupid doctrine out of your brain. Who taught you that but a devil? That you got to go through trouble for God to teach you a lesson. No, didn't the Bible say the Holy Ghost is our teacher? He'll teach us all things. He don't have to put you on your people. God had to put me flat on my back to get my attention. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. How did he get Moses' attention? A burning bush. Thank you, Jesus. We want to learn from God. We want to have God's attention and God have our attention. Pray and fast. Again. And then do it again. And then do it again. Are y'all with me this morning? Every great revival or every great outpouring that we've ever seen in history has been preceded by heartfelt continued prayer. The first outpouring we know about in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, preceded. Acts chapter 1 talked about how they were all praying together with one accord, 10 days. Heartfelt continued prayer. In our modern lifetime, the outpouring in what we call the Welsh Revival over in Wales, England, 1904, there was an outpouring. And you go and you read about all these great revivals, they were all preceded by prayer and fasting. Azusa Street Revival. How many of y'all ever heard of that one? 1907. All the Kojics should, should say yes, I heard of that one. If you grew up in any Pentecostal denomination, you know about Azusa. Brownsville revivals, Brownville, Brownsville there in Pensacola, 1995, a major outpouring happened that ran for years. And it was preceded by prayer and fasting. In fact, the pastor of that church, they said they had begun praying two years prior. Fervently praying and fasting two years, praying for revival. 
praying for revival. And when that Brownsville revival hit in that little church up there in Pensacola, all of a sudden people were coming from all over the world to be part of that revival. Lakeland Revival, 1993. Some of y'all know a man named Rodney Howard Brown. There and these revivals that poured out, these were the result. Carl Strader's church, uh, Carpenter's Home Church. And these revivals were all preceded by prayer. So I'm just saying it to say that we were not wasting five nights. And when God tells us to do it again, we're just going to do it again. Hallelujah. Now, let's move on here because Friday night, well, there was all, we got words all week long. Every, seemed like every night, I think it was, somebody, the Lord said something that you shared with us what God gave you. And Friday night, there was a host of words that came forth. And there's one I wanted to, to pull out. Might have been the most simple of all the words. And that's just the Tamara when she spoke. The voice of the church is being restored. The voice of the church. Y'all remember that? The voice of the church is being restored. Now, go back to the book of Acts here. Because in the book of Acts, the church had a voice. I've made it made no secret how I feel about what's been going on all year long about this pandemic that uh, supposedly has hit the world. Pandemonic. Is there a virus? Yes, there's a, there is a virus. But it's not the first virus. It won't be the last virus. We're, we're in a fallen planet. And this is Earth's cursed system. The moment Adam and Eve sinned, viruses came into the earth. So everybody shouldn't be shocked that we have viruses. And viruses don't go anywhere. They don't disappear. But what Satan did through this was he wanted to stop the voice of the church. He's done a pretty good job because many, 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 if not most, have succumbed to the silencing. And, but what that word came Friday night. The voice of the church is being restored. And if you look in the book of Acts, you've been reading that this week, right? Yes, sir. In the last four chapters of the day, right? Yes, sir. The reason the church in Acts had a voice was because people saw the power of God. They saw the power. And that's what it takes today. That people have to see the power of God. Because the power of God will give you a voice. Dead churches have no voice. Powerless churches have no voice. Closed churches have no voice. That's why they can deem churches as non-essential. What they're saying is you don't have a voice in our world. Why? Because the church is not operating in the power. Are y'all still with me? Look like some of y'all went to sleep already on me. Yeah, you you hold, up, hold your side down now. Keep, keep your side in check. Who's, got, who's, the side, who's captain on this side? You got this side? All right. In that role, you got, okay. You got to look, look down that whole side over there. 
your side and check. Miss Lucy, you got all that, that side over. Okay, good. But the church can't afford to have no voice. <laughs> We've got to have a voice. And what gives us a voice is a demonstration of the power of God. Not our choirs. Not even our outreach. We should have choirs and we should have great music and we should have outreach and we should do these wonderful things, but that's not what gives us a voice because here's, as far as outreach goes, uh, you ever heard of the Red Cross? They do outreach. There's, there's, there ain't no power behind it though. You see? And there's not many churches that do it on the level of the Red Cross. So that's not what makes us distinct. There are secular choirs Y'all didn't hear what I said. There are secular choirs and secular groups who can sing inspirational music that are out sing, out play in their sleep. Now, many of the ones who do that came out of church, went into the world. So it's not that. What gives the church of the living God, the living God, the living God power, the voice is when we demonstrate the power of the living God. Because if not, we're no different than any other religion. What makes us different than anyone else? What makes us not a religion is a demonstration of the power. Because if, if there's no power, they were no different than the Muslims, no different than the Hindus, no different than the Buddhists, no different than any New Age religion that they bring up. You've got to have demonstration of the power of God. That's why we're laboring and fasting and prayer. That's why we're seeking God's face. Because we don't have long before Jesus Christ returns. And he wants all men saved. Are you with me today? See, so we don't want to be a dead church or a powerless church. Thank God we're not a closed church, but that's not enough. To just be open. Open doing what? Hallelujah. There's some clubs that's back open. So we don't want to just be open. We want to be full of power. We need continuing power in the church. Because a church that's on fire will command respect, will command attention of the people in the world. Are you seeing this here? Remember Jesus walked this planet, right? That's how it was for him. People saw power. And they say, who is this man and what man of authority does he have? What man of teaching is this? Because he looked just like all of them. Jesus wasn't an, an alien. He didn't have some special look about himself that made him distinct from anybody else. 
He was a little Jewish boy, raised up as a Jewish teen, raised up as a, became a Jewish young man, a Jewish man. Nothing distinct about him, how he, how he looked. Just like it wasn't distinct, anything distinct about how Samson looked. Message y'all story. Everybody has their pictures of this buff, muscle-bound, muscle-head Samson. The Bible never said Samson had big muscles. If it had, the people wouldn't have asked him, where does he get all his strength from? The people ask him, where does all your strength come from? If he walked around looking like Lou Ferrigno, they would have said, oh, that's how. No, he looked just like a regular old guy. Just like Jesus. But when he spoke, you knew he was different. When he operated, you knew he was different. And what makes the church different is when we speak, we speak with power. When we command things, things move. Things shift and things change. And we demonstrate the power of the living God. Glory to God. Jesus was like that. And we're the body of Christ. Right? The Bible said, Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. Greater works. He didn't say greater teachings. People trying to get revelation out, out revelation what Jesus got. No, he's like, greater works than these shall you do. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Right? How many believers do I have? So there are signs that's supposed to follow your life. In my name, you'll cast out devils. Tell your neighbor, you're supposed to cast out devils. They, they didn't say much back, did they? Tell them they're supposed to cast out devils. You see somebody there mentally Im imbalanced? It's devils. The maniac of Gadara, Mark 5, devils. His mental issues was devils. What we're seeing in our world is devils. And you and I have been authorized and empowered to cast out devils. What we got to get is all the unbelief out. And this kind of unbelief does not go out except by prayer. Come on. And fasting. So the more prayer and fasting we do, the more power we walk in, the less unbelief we have, the more devils we can cast out. We shall lay hands on the sick. Come on, help me out, church. And they shall recover. We, who? The believers. Tell your neighbor, you're supposed to heal the sick. You're supposed to lay your hands on sick people and heal them. Not rub their back. No, heal them. Who, me? Yes, you. Are you a believer? Yes. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now, when you do that, when the church operates that way, we will command the respect, command the attention of the world. It gives us a voice. May the next time they try to shut everything down, they will know from the jump the church is not non-essential. 
Hallelujah. Now look at in Acts 2, please. Acts 2. I'm definitely not going to finish today. Acts 2. But that's all right. Y'all coming Wednesday night anyway. How you know I'm coming? Because I told you to come. You said you were coming Wednesday night. I command you to come. Acts 2. Look at Acts 2, verse 41. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. This is Peter's preaching that, his first big sermon here, his message. Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, and what? Fellowship. And what? Fellowship. Fellowship means coming together, church. In the breaking of bread and in, they continued steadfastly in prayers. Not once in a, in a wild prayer meeting. Now watch verse 43. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now that word fear, when you look it up, we, we always try to soften it in, our, in faith churches. And that word fear is a Greek word phobos, P-H-O-B-O-S, phobos, like phobia. And it, it means the last meaning of it. If you look at it, the last meaning is reverence. But the, 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 the first two meanings of it is fear and dread and terror. And I think in our, in our desire to be so uh, faith-talking, we've, we've softened that word fear down to only mean reverence, that, you know, we just we reverence. But you've got to see in these verses, it says, then fear came upon every soul. So there was a dread and a terror that came on the world because of the church. Now, as I mentioned to you, I'm 49 years old, Laquanda, 49. Thank you. That's my wife. And at 49, I grew up in church. In fact, my dad was a pastor, and so I grew up in a pastor's home. And I grew up in the, in the 70s. I was born in 71, so all the 70s I was around for. And in the 70s and the early 80s, it began to change, but in the 70s and early 80s, it was such that people, when they would walk by the church or drive by the church or come by the church, there, came, there was some sort of a, a change of attitude. A guy could be walking down the street with a, with a slish malt liquor bull. I remember slish malt liquor bull. And, but he got by the church and uh, he, put, he, he tried to hide it, put it away us. Nobody said anything to him. Walking down the street, smoking a cigarette, get by the church. Or even my dad was a pastor, come by the pastor's house. People walk down our street. I used to watch it be so funny. Or they cussing like a sailor and come around the church or come around uh, the pastor. My dad was a barber, so people come in the shop and they, oh, you can't, can't don't talk right that, like that. You don't There was a dread. More than just reverence. More than just reverence. More than just reverence. There was a dread. How you know it was dread? Because people always use this line. Ain't gonna play with God. Y'all remember that? See, you remember that. Ain't gonna play with God. Come to church. No, I ain't playing with God. 
You ever heard that before? I ain't going to play with God. Why? There was a dread and a terror, a terror, a fear. The Bible says in Hebrews, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing. It's a dread. It's a terrorizing thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so what's happened is we've dumbed it down in like just a reverence. And so what happens is we now kind of make cussing acceptable and we kind of make, you know, drinking and smoking acceptable. You come around here, and you, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just whatever, whatever, whatever. But that's when the power of God is really on display. People will stop playing with God. People would not come and take communion. I'm going to skip communion because I've been fornicating. But now people fornicate, sleep together, come on and sleep. Give me that. I know y'all don't like this in 2020. Y'all don't like this, but I'm just, I already told y'all I'm an old school preacher here. I'm going to preach the Bible. Take the gloves off. I'm going to preach this Bible. So what happened is that people lost that dread and terror. I'm talking about the world. And then it crept into the church. And the church had no fear, no terror, no dread of the living God. We've dumbed it down. Because in the church, we lost over the years this uh, presence of God. I'm right about this, Mr. Carol. I'm right about this, right? We, we've lost this, this awe of the presence. And in fact, most churches don't even, aren't even looking for the presence of God. I don't want to say most. I haven't done a survey. I'm just saying from what I've seen. People aren't looking for the presence of God. I just want to come and let me get in. I'm going to get, get they, they're going to sing. Oh, that's my song today. They're going to sing my song. And then the pastor will get up and say a couple of little cute little things. And then we're going to go home and go on to where I want to eat. trying to be out by brunch and have no thought, no desire for the presence. Do you know what you and I have experienced this week is foreign to much of the church? And so because there's no presence, there's no reverence, awe, or dread. Remember when David, the first time, you've preached on this many times, when David the first time was going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem and they carried the Ark wrong. They carried it on the ox cart, copying off the Philistines. They were, they were trying to use a worldly method to do kingdom business. And when they carried that ox on the ox cart, the ox, the Bible says, stumbled and Uzzah reached out and touched that ox cart, touched that ark, and he dropped dead. Bam! Everybody said, Why? That was the presence of God. And we always say the same God, but somehow we act like he ain't the same God. Tell you that he's the same God. He said, I change not. what the church needs and what is coming back to the church is a holy awe. 
awe and a holy reverence for the presence of the living God. Because he's the living God. And he's going to move and demonstrate his power and you will not be able to deny he's here. See, when, when somebody gets out of a wheelchair, when blind eyes open, when deaf ears open, ain't no more question, is God real? Is God alive? Is there a God? What you talking about? You ain't just see that? See, it's too late for anybody to tell me God ain't real. Anybody here that's you? It's too late to tell me God ain't real. It's like to question God at all because, see, I've already had experiences in my life where he's healed my body. Let alone how he's used me to minister healing to anybody else. And they got healed instantly in the name of Jesus. See, I'm past that argument. People with an experience are never at the mercy of people with an argument. How many of y'all have some experience about God moving in your life personally? See, you're never at anybody's mercy because they got a good argument. See? Somebody shout, power! Power! Hallelujah! Fear came. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Y'all getting this here? Go to Acts 3. Go to Acts 3. I got five minutes. Acts 3. Five minutes just for your sake. I can go all day. Most days I didn't eat at all. Food became so unnecessary to me. I esteem them more, more highly than my necessary food. I'm hungry. I'm hungry for the Lord. I'm hungry for his presence. I'm hungry for his power. Anybody else with me on that? I'm, I mean, I'm hungry. I had enough of this world and all this foolishness, all this stupidity. I don't even want to hear about it. I just want to be in God's presence. I want to advance his kingdom. Take everything else and do with it what you will. I just want to advance God's kingdom. Acts 3 and verse 6. Let me know when you get there. This Peter and John, they're going to the gate, going to the temple rather at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour. That's 3 p.m. Notice the hour of prayer. The hour of prayer. This is a daily uh, thing for them. Remember, they continue steadfastly in prayer, right? So every day they're going for prayer. Uh, how long? How often? Now they're going to this gate, to this temple, and the Bible says there's a gate called Beautiful. Back in verse 2. You don't have to read it, but it's, I'm just telling you what's, what's up there. Now you already read it this month, right? So I preached this many, many years ago. The ugly problem at the beautiful gate. Some of y'all were here for that. What we have here is an ugly problem. Here's a man. In fact, I, I got to go back and read it. Look at verse 2. And a certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily. Daily at the gate. 
of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who enter the temple. Now, I see two major problems here. One, he's laid there daily to ask alms, which means there's no day he got enough for the next day. That means everybody was so stingy. When you got a stingy church, you got a powerless church. Y'all don't understand. Y'all didn't catch that. Whenever you have a stingy church, you have a powerless church. That's why I have to work so hard to get you to be generous. Because a stingy church is a powerless church. Because stingy means you're not going to let anything flow through you. So if you're not going to let money flow through you, how are you going to let power unseen an unseen resource. It ain't going to happen. You got to first prove that you're faithful in these unrighteous, this unrighteous mammon before God can trust you with the true riches, which is the power flowing through you. So the one problem, Deke, is that they have people, this, they pass by this guy every day, he never got enough. Now he's a lame man, which means he ain't running to the club. He not buying a bunch of stuff. He not gallivanting. He lame. But he can get enough every day that he'd have to come back the next day. That's a stingy church. Everybody passing by him. I'm way off my nose. I'm just preaching now. Everybody is passing by him every day. Throw him a little penny. Here you go. Let me, just, you know, make, make me feel good about myself. Let me throw you a little. Nobody say, you know what, man? Let me, let me give you enough for the week. You ain't got to do this every day. Why? Because they going, they doing that little religious thing. They could have given up for a lifetime. But secondly, he's a lame man laid there at the temple where Jesus had already said, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, I, heard, I just saw that. Where he said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. It's this same temple that he had gone to one day and thrown out all the money changers. Y'all remember this story? How many of y'all remember this story? Oh, Jesus. Woo, God, man, that's, that's dropping from heaven right now. He had gone there and thrown out all the money changers. And he told them, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He took a whip, made a whip. Remember that? And he began to whoop Jesus. Jesus. Start whooping some tail. He wasn't Hollywood. He wasn't nice, cute, little soft. He wasn't seeker sensitive, Jesus Christ. He wasn't, he wasn't seeker friendly. He wasn't my heart to open everybody. Just come as you are. No, he took a whip. And he, I'm paraphrasing, clean house. He clean house. That's what every church needs from time to time a good house cleaning. Somebody shout, clean the house, Lord. Matter of fact, shout, Lord, Lord clean, this house. clean this house. Every once in a while, you just need a good house clean. You know why some people don't want to visit you at your house? They know your house nasty. I didn't know my house nasty because you posted on Instagram. You didn't see the, the mess that was behind you when you posted on Instagram. 
They saw your mess behind you. That's why they don't visit your house, because you don't know your house nasty. Nobody wants to visit a nasty house. And no, don't bring somebody food out of your nasty house either, because I don't know your nasty house. Right? So what makes you think God, in his righteous, awesome, pure presence, wants to visit and dwell in a nasty house? Lord, clean this house. But I'm preaching right on right now. My preaching son. And so he cleans the house. He cleans the house, Leanna. Watch this. The Bible says that when he drove out the money changers, when he cleaned the house, it said all the blind, all the lame, all the sick, they all came in and they were healed. When the house gets clean, then the power can flow. When the house is sanctified, then the glory can come. When the house is purified, then the presence of Almighty God can come. And I'm more interested in God's presence than having the best musicians. But they're sleeping with the choir. I'm more interested in having God's presence and having who God and having God's power and having all the programs and people don't serve God when they leave this place because when the house gets clean somebody say when the house gets clean the glory of the Lord will come in this place. When your house gets clean, the glory of the Lord. Hey, I feel the anointing on me right now. When the house gets clean, the glory of the Lord. And when Jesus cleaned the house, all the sick and all the blind and all the lame they came into the house and the Bible says they were all healed somebody shout yes now sit down because I got to finish this y'all ain't going to rush me I'm, I'm, I'm over time so let me get this though So in Acts 3, it's this same house that they've become religious. And they keep passing every day by this man. This man who, if Jesus had been there, he would have come in and been healed. But Jesus is gone. And the disciples in Acts 2 finally get filled with the Holy Ghost. But in that temple are the religious Jews who they weren't there for that meeting in the upper room. 
And most of them didn't go there and hear that sermon and get filled with the Holy Ghost. So now they're having their religious meeting every day. You got an ugly problem at the beautiful gate. A man sitting there every day, broke and lame. Broke and lame. Broke and lame. Can't carry himself, can't take care of himself, can't go anywhere for himself, can't work for himself, can't earn a living, can't do nothing. He broke and lame. And the church across America and many throughout the world are filled with broke and lame people just like that woman who came who was bowed over for 18 years she came into the synagogue she was there every synagogue service but the Bible says when Jesus Christ showed up that was her day of deliverance there's another man who came there he had a withered hand in the synagogue they're, the house of God is full of people who they have withered hands and they're bent over and they're lame and they're broke and they can't move and because nobody's walking in power they stay that way but I'm here to announce that the power of the living God is returning to his church and the people of God are rising up and we're crying out for his presence and his glory and his anointing and his power and the sick shall be healed. The lame they will walk, the blind they will see, the deaf they will hear, the dumb they will talk. Sit down, let me finish. Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish, let me finish. Let me finish. So here comes. Here comes Peter and John. Here comes Peter and John. I said here comes Peter and John. <laughs> they have walked with Jesus. Anybody been walking with Jesus? Anybody been walking with Jesus? They've been walking with Jesus. They've been, he told them to wait until you be endued with power. Luke 24. Wait until you be endued with power from on high. So they knew how to wait on the Lord. And they waited for those 10 days in the upper room. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all gathered together with one accord in one place. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto each one cloven tongues like as a fire. And one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with the tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they've walked with Jesus, waited on the Holy Ghost. Now they've been baptized. In the Holy Ghost. Yes, and when he told him in Luke 24, wait, he said, wait until you be endued with power. Yes, sir. Jesus. Yes, sir. You shall receive power. after the Holy Ghost. And then you're going to be witnesses unto me. You're going to be witnesses for me. The power you're going to demonstrate is going to be a witness for me. We've been witnessing going door to door. He said, no, that ain't what I'm talking about. Jesus wasn't talking about going door to door and being witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses do that with no power. When he said you're going to be witnesses unto me, I'm talking about you're going to be witness of my resurrection. I, I teach, I, I get to that Wednesday night because it's, it's, in, it's in my notes somewhere. You're going to be witnesses. The, the, the power you demonstrate will be a witness, a testament to my power. So here they are. 
they're born again, they're walk with Jesus, They've, they're full of the Holy Ghost. And when Peter and John show up, this man treats them like they're regular old common people. He didn't recognize who they were and didn't know what was on their lives. So he asked them for the same thing he asked from everybody else. Y'all know the story. But Peter said, look on us. Look on us. Look, focus on us. When you know the kind of power you walk in, you can tell the world, look at us. Don't look at that world. Don't look, no, look at us. And he said, silver and gold I don't have. We're on the way to the prayer meeting. We're not doing nothing but praying. But such as I have. Such as I have. Anybody have anything this morning? I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Don't, don't rush me, though. Don't, don't rush me. Just such as I have. You've been praying and you've been fasting. You have something. High five to people tell them you have something. Come on, Luke. Come on, Luke. Come on, man. Don't leave me up here by myself, Luke. Such as I have. I give unto you. So what you have isn't just for you. What you have is to give to somebody else. Such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And the Bible says he leaping up stood. Now those same folk who were used to normal church, those same folk who were used to going to the church every day, having regular prayer, regular offering, regular service, regular meals, they saw something. Verse 7 says, he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking leaping and praising God he had never walked he had never leapt and I don't know if he'd ever praised but when the power of God hit his life Somebody shout, everything changes. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 9. And all the people, the regular church people, saw him walking and praising God. And they say, ain't that Ned? Ain't, ain't that June bug? Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder 
and amazement at what had happened to him. Y'all see it? Can I read one more verse? Verse 11. Now as a lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. I mean, wouldn't you do the same thing? Notice what happened. All the people ran together to them in the porch. They're greatly amazed. Notice when the people saw power, it drew them. They ran from everywhere because they saw the power of the living God in manifestation. I want to announce to you that you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this and you have been given up, if you're in this church and connected in any way, in any way, there's a mandate on your life to manifest the power, presence, and the glory of God. You are carrying on you and in your life an assignment that what you receive, you also give. And you will walk in the authority and the dominion that was given to the saints of God that in the name of Jesus you will speak with new tongues in the name of Jesus you will cast out demons in the name of Jesus you will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover that's the authority and the assignment on your life such that when the world sees, oh, y'all don't know my prayers. Y'all don't know how I've been praying. You better hear me right now. You're not here by coincidence. I don't care who you are today. If this is your first time here, you're not here by coincidence. God brought you. He's giving you a chance to be part of his army. Because he's raising up an army of people. And one thing I know is this. Is that no matter what all the rest of the church, the church does. God never had to have everybody. If he can find a remnant. Now I'm looking right now for the remnant. I want to know who's part of the remnant. It's, it's the remnant is the part that's left over that we didn't turn on God. We didn't draw back. We weren't too afraid. Gideon had 32,000. God said, that's too many. Well, that means I can't, I can't get glory. You're going to think you did it yourself. So first tell everybody who's scared, go home. 22,000 left the, same, the first day. Left from 10,000. All right, Lord, we're going to do it? He said, no, that's still too many for me to get the glory. Now give him a drink in the test. See who knows how to drink right. All of a sudden, 9,700 went home. He's left with 300 guys who ain't scared and they know how to drink. 
And with that group, he delivered the people. Do you know Jesus? Everybody stand up. Maybe cut this short. Y'all sit down, I'm going to keep talking. No, don't sit down intentionally. Stand up like I told you. Stand up. The Bible says when Jesus was resurrected from the dead, he appeared to more than 500 people. You know that? He appeared to five, more than 500 people. He appeared. Proved to them through many infallible proofs that he was alive. Proof of the proof. It's me. I'm alive. More than 500 who saw him when he left. You can tell him, I'm leaving. But remember, I've been preaching to you about the power is coming. And yet, Pastor, when they got to the upper room, the Bible says the number that was there was about 120. It means even all those who had seen Jesus knew he was alive. Couldn't, oh, here it is, here it is. I'll, I'll have to hit it on Wednesday night. Weren't willing to pay the cost. To receive the power. There is a cost to the anointing. So when you're excited and telling somebody, I'm, I'm going to fast or I'm going to pray, I'm going to do something. Other people say, I ain't, I don't, I don't really that. Don't, don't, don't bother them. Just understand there's a cost. Everybody's not going to pay the cost. But if it's in your heart, you pay it. To be a carrier of this great anointing. And I'm telling you, I know it down in my socks that the power of the living God with all the chaos we've seen all year long up to this day in our world, not just America, it's all over the world, ladies and gentlemen. The power of God is about to hit this planet like we've not, like we've not known. We've heard, we've heard, we've heard but we're about to see more than we've heard the power hit this planet. And we're going to command the attention of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now everybody lift all of this room, lift your hands to him and just, just begin to thank him for the word and then thank him for the assignment and thank him for the authority thank him for the calling thank him for your place thank him for his thank him for his plans and his purposes I want to tell somebody this morning that there, there's there's more there's more there's more than you've ever had there's more than you've ever been I'm talking about in the spirit there's more Somebody here, you've been a good Christian your whole life. But there's more. You can go higher.
You can go deeper. You can go farther. There's more. There's more. There's a place in God. Like in the world, mountain climbers know of a place called, called the, the, the snake line. It's when you go up to a certain altitude, a certain height, that snakes and even other animals, because of their makeup, can't cross that line. They wouldn't survive. And when you get to that place, you become untouchable. Oh, God's raising you up right now. Lord, I want to go there. Lord, I want to go there. Lord, I want to go to the highest heights. I want to go to the deepest depths in you. I want to go to the farthest reaches of the kingdom for you, Lord. I want more. I want all you have for me. I want to do what you've designed me to do. What I was called to do before I was born. God called you before you were born. And in spite of all you've done, in spite of all you've messed up, in spite of all, all the things that's happened in your life, that didn't change God's plan and his calling for your life. Before you were born, he had his hands on you. That's why he kept you alive when you could have been and maybe should have been and would have been dead. But he's kept you. He's kept you. He's kept you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take one or two of those hands and put them on yourself. Right on your heart. Just, just say, Lord, Lord, clean this house. Lord, clean this house. It means, Lord, if there's anything in me that's not like you, search me, Lord. Try me. Know me. See if there be any wicked thing in me. Anything that's not like you, Lord. Whatever you find is not like you, take it out of me. Take away every blemish. Take away every, every wrong thought. Take away those things that displease you, Lord. Show me those things that make you unhappy. Show me those things that block our fellowship. Show me those things that stop the anointing from flowing in my life because you've called me. You've called me. You've chosen me. Not to just be a regular church member, but to be a carrier of your power, a carrier of your anointing. To heal the sick, to cast out devils, to raise the dead, to open blind eyes, to help bring people out of darkness into light. So God, show me anything that's not like you. Purge me with hyssop. Wash me. I shall be clean. Clean me up, Lord. Make me whiter than snow. I lay aside every weight and every sin that so easily besets you. I make it my aim to be well-pleasing to you, Lord. 
my goal in life is to please you and make you happy. Everything else is secondary to that. I want to please you, Lord. I want to please you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Father, do it. Everyone who's asked, do it. Wash, cleanse, sanctify, purge, and then anoint. And then anoint, Father. Anoint your people, Father. Anoint your people, Lord, for every day. Anoint your people for every day, Lord, to walk in your power, in your glory. Being demonstrators of your power in the marketplace, in the workplace, in the school, wherever we are. Be carriers. Anytime anybody gets into even our presence, God, that the power of God would overshadow them and bring them out. We thank you for it. We praise you for it now. For another level of glory, another level of power, another level of anointing. Thank you for the tremendous power that's available to us dynamic in its working. We'll walk in it. Thank you for continuing power in this church and in the church. Let it flow. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen. If anybody is in this room today, you're not yet born again. I want to give you the chance today to be born again, to know Jesus. That's, he's the power source. He's the one with the power to break you out of anything that you've been in and to bring you into what God has for you. It's through him. And if you're not born again yet, I want to give you that chance. Before you leave today, there's nothing more important in your lives and the truth is, nothing more important in my life than to see you saved. That's right. I've dedicated my life to this. So I want you saved. I want you saved. So if you're in this place today and you're not yet saved, I want to give you the chance to get saved. So if that's you, just put your hand in the air. I want to know who wants to be saved, who wants to be born again today, who wants to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. If you're not yet saved, you want to be today, just put your hand in the air. I want to know who you are. I want to see you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. It'll be the best and the most important decision you can make in your entire life, which is to be saved. To be saved. Hallelujah. Everybody here, you, I'm looking at you, and you look saved. But do me a favor. Ask your neighbor, are you born again? Ask him. So I, I just want to make sure. I want to make sure. I want to be sure you're born again. I want to be sure you're born again. All right? Good. Good. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you're saved. That's good. That's the foundation level. But God wants you to go into a higher dimension with him where you are used by him on a daily basis. 
That's why God is raising you up. You're a mighty bunch, I'm telling you. You're a mighty bunch of people. I'm telling you this. And God's going to do great things in your lives. Amen? All right, take a seat real quick. A couple last things, then we'll, I'll let you go. Some of y'all already have reservations for lunch. And planning. Thank you, Lord. Now, those of you who you are guests with us and you are uh, looking for a church home, this couple here to my left, uh, Elder Baker and Lamika Baker, they will help you with that. If you come and see them as soon as church is over, they will help you uh, become a part of this church family. Uh, church membership is not mandatory to get in heaven. It's just good to have when you're here on this earth. <laughs> it's good to have when you're here on this earth because you're part then of a, of a family of people that uh, we work together, we stick together, uh, we do business together, we pray together, we fast together, we do life together. Amen? And so make sure you see them at the service and they'll help you become a part of this church family. Um, a couple of announcements. I, I don't have the announcements for today. Can you give me those? And even those. Uh... Hallelujah. Were y'all blessed today? Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. All right. Very quickly, Saturday, November 21st, 8 a.m., men, we're having our men's breakfast. All right, next, next men's breakfast. The 21st of, of November, we'll be in building two next door. And uh, I think, who's doing it, Caitlin? Sophia. So $8 this time, right? So $8 is the uh, cost for breakfast uh, that we ask for um, to cover the, we're, it's catered. So we have got to pay the caterer uh, who's um, uh, doing that. That's Saturday, November the 21st, 8 a.m., now, that same day, the ladies will have been fasting. Amen? And I think y'all's fast starts at 10, right? Or 12. Noon starts at noon on Friday the 20th, continues through Saturday at noon, 21st. And then the women will be having their uh, prayer meeting on the 21st at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. And so come and be a part of that. Um, huh? Got it? All right, so prayer meeting at uh, 10 a.m. So women, y'all know how to labor. Y'all know how to travail. You can get great things done, so come on out and do that. Then uh, the 24th of, of November, we're having our Thanksgiving service. Again, Thanksgiving is Thursday, so we don't normally have service that Wednesday. Uh, we move it to the Tuesday for that week. So we'll have a great time on um, Tuesday, November the 24th, 7 p.m., our night of praise and Thanksgiving service, so be here for that. Then, ladies, uh, December the 4th, this is Friday evening at 6.30 p.m., Ladies of Grace of the church will be having a Christmas crafting party. All right? Glory to God. And the, the cost is uh, $25, which is easy, uh, it, but it covers your desserts, your drinks, and all the supplies you need. I think, what are you all making? Uh, wreath? Oh, you're not telling them. Okay, my bad. But it's pertaining to Christmas, though. Christmas, Christmas decoration for your homes or your apartments or whatever. All right, so um, come on and be a part of that. $25, again, desserts, drinks, and it covers all the supplies that you'll need for that. Go on our website. You'll see a banner looks like that. Click on that, and you can register for um, that um, event. And then Wednesday, the 9th of December, we'll be having our baptism celebration. So those who need to be baptized need to be baptized, get signed up on the website. There's a banner that looks like 
baptism banner? Uh, okay. All right. Well, the, the banner says baptism on it, on the website. And uh, you click on that, you can go and register for the baptism service. We need to know who you are so that we are properly prepared for you uh, to baptize. Where do y'all baptize? Here. Right here. Right under my feet. There's a baptism pool. So we'll baptize here that night on the 9th. So uh, we look forward to that. Amen. Bring those up here. I think we have a couple uh, giveaways we have to do. Uh, we had last Friday night our... Um, Numbers change? But the team still won though, right? <laughs> well, just, just as long as the same team won. Give me those, I need, we need those. Deke, hold, grab those for us, please. All right, so we had our, our um, you can just, oh, I forgot, you, you're on the winning team, I guess. <laughs> So we had our um, flight team Super Bowl here a couple of Fridays nights ago, and the third year in a row, the Navigators won uh, the bowl. So, come on, D. That's for you all. Congratulations to you all. Amen. And, uh, huh? No, no speeches. No, no speeches. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little salty. I'm still a little salty about that. We worked, we worked hard. And then also, at least the second year in a row, I'm not sure about the first year, but I know the second year in a row, uh, our individual prize winner is uh, Deacon Tyrone Hazel. No speech either, no. Y'all pray, pray for him, pray for him. Amen, just good fun we had uh, celebrating our 22nd church anniversary uh, this past week, and so we're happy about that. We look forward to, we do that annually to celebrate our anniversary. Great things are coming on the horizon, and um, we'll be back Wednesday night for our midweek fellowship. Amen. We resume our Wednesday morning prayer this uh, morning, this Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Amen. Everybody stand, let's be dismissed. Again, to our guests, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being part of our service today. May God bless you uh, richly. All right, grab hands with your neighbor. Let's be dismissed. Lord, today, thank you so much again for this time. Thank you for your sweet presence. Thank you for your word, and thank you for your instruction. Thank you for the mandate that's on our lives. Thank you for the future that's in store for us, whatever you have planned and purpose for us. And we know, Father, that you're bringing us into a place where our lights would so shine that men would see our good works and glorify you, our Father in heaven. You're bringing us into a place, Father, that we will truly be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. So thank you, Father, for each person. Now I speak and declare blessings and favor upon all these your people that as they go out into the world, they walk out in safety 
protection everywhere. That no harm comes to these, your precious people. Nothing but good and blessings and fall on, our own, on each life. We declare the blessing of the Lord upon every family, every business, upon every ministry, everything that pertains to us. That blessing that makes us rich and adds no sorrow with it. Continue to keep us and we'll continue to give you praise and all the glory and all the honor. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Pastor Kim and I love you so much. God bless you. Have a